This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash SGPN, use code SGPN for a first deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, props, game lines. Download Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com to use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Finally, the MMA Gambling Podcast, just launched their YouTube channel. Be sure to uh, go over there, subscribe. We're giving away a Golf Gambling Podcast hoodie. So go over there, subscribe, and you are entered. All right, WWT. What do we even want to call this damn event? Crazy event, but I got a very special get here, guest here. Uh, DFS content creator, the greatest walking content you will find on Twitter, my guy, Ben Raza. Ben, thank you for coming on tonight. Yeah, happy to be here and talk a little, like you said, I don't even know what the name of this tournament is anymore, but I'm excited to talk a little golf. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting tournament. We are a few weeks away from the real golf season and we have a new course. Why not? When you go to a new course, what is your thought process in like the DFS betting landscape just as a whole? Yeah, so I think anytime we have an unknown, I, I kind of like to attack it and think that nobody really knows. I know we all think we know maybe what the right. skill set's going to be, but maybe it's driver heavy. Maybe it's a putting competition. And I like when we talk about lineups, maybe correlate a little bit, you know, group up a handful of golfers that have the same skill set, hoping this course plays to that one skill set and we really have an advantage. So on a week like this, obviously a fall swing random event, are you going to do your normal process, do your X amount of lineups that you would do for a normal week? Or are you going to lay back a little bit? I usually lay back a little bit just because uh, it, it's more seasonal, like college right. football, college basketball, you know, I'm out in the wilderness uh, doing that. And I do think, again, it can be advantageous, but in the reality, we really don't know what a lot of these players are doing week in and week out. You know, they're not on the grind. That does add a layer of variance, but I, I'll still be in there. And I do think there are exploitable situations. Yeah, 100%. So you said there's skill sets that you might want to correlate. If there is one skill set you're looking for based off the whatever research we have for this course, what is it? What are you looking for? Yeah, so I think uh, one, one scenario that could play out here is that it's a little forgiving off the tee. Maybe some of these guys, you know, there, there are a couple guys that come to mind where it's like, man, if they could just start in the fairway, how deadly would they be? But they're just in the woods uh, or the jungle, depending on where we are. And I think this course that Tiger laid out might give you a chance to be a little wild off the tee and still get away with it. So maybe guys off the tee that aren't the best, but really make it up with the rest of their game. Yeah, like you mentioned, notorious golf course designer, Tiger Woods, happy <laughs> to see him, happy to get a Tiger Woods course. So let's pull up the DFS slate and just talk through some ranges. We got Ludwig at the top, just a stud, down to Lucas Glover in the 10K range. Yes, uh, that that rounds out. We got five guys here, Cam Young, Sahith, uh, Stefan Yeager. What is your overwhelming thoughts of this uh, 10K range? And if there's a guy or two, who are you, who are you leaning? Yeah, so like any uh, you know swing season event, it's got a couple of big names. It's not you know Lucas Glover's not going to be 10K in the majors, obviously. <laughs> hey, you I, never know. You, you know what? I shouldn't <laughs> even say that anymore because the crazier things have happened. I I, I mean Aberg, whatever our man from Sweden's name is at this point, he really is the class of the field. So I think your first decision point is: Do you want to go with him and then maybe go a little more balanced, or do you say like? 
a, a Jaeger type, who's the guy I was drawn to. He's about 30 to one in the outright market. I think is appealing. You, you get a little more salary there. So if I had to pick one of the five, even though, of course, Ludwig's the rightful favorite, I think that Jaeger's my favorite play. Yeah, and I kind of like that Jaeger call because I know it's been only like a month of him being in that 30 to one betting range, but I think people are starting to get sick of it because he was a trendy name. Like, Oh yeah, this guy is kind of rallying off good finishes, but my man doesn't contend. Like he's just kind of there at the end. He's not like in the mix on Sunday. So if that's the case, they don't want to bet him. Maybe that leads to less ownership in DFS because the Cam Young, Sahith Ludwig is probably going to draw a majority of the ownership at this top. What are your thoughts on Cam Young? Hasn't played since obviously last playoffs and he wasn't really great when he finished the season. Uh, did that time off help him? You know, it's always that age old question. Is it a time for a hard reset or is there the rust factor? And I, I know he's so talented. Uh, this is where I do think some of it is if we can figure out, you know, how popular does he seem to be? Things like that, because I think your guess is as good as mine. We know Again, this course, it's got par fives. It's pretty attackable. Off the tee, Cam Young's a dangerous man. We know that. So yeah. I get it. Uh, but I, I still think there is serious questions that we're not going to be able to answer until we see it. Yeah, I think that off the tee prowess alone from Cam Young just gives him such a high floor in, the, in this field because he's going to miss his fair share of seven-foot putts. But he's going to have a lot of them just because he's going to be so long and straight on every single hole. And I'm hearing that it's... Uh, firm and fast but there is no win so we don't know what really what it's going to be it's opposite a coastal golf course i think my guy up here is going to be cam young but i think they're all a uh can't really go wrong with any of them so let's move down a little bit talk about this this 9k range sweet bo hostler 9-9 i love that down to luke list pj tour winner this season um who are a few guys in this range that kind of catch your attention so certainly hostler i think he has to catch your attention just because he's one of the few guys we've seen him lately and he looks like he's got his game where he wants to be he's threatening he's contending he's doing you know he can putt we know that uh he kind of fits kind of the mold we alluded to maybe earlier in the show a little bit but obviously i mean i i have to bring up grio because that's what i do he's 9700 yeah. uh yeah that's my guy i don't care where they're playing this um i, I do like the target of here who knows? Honestly, we saw we saw him a little pretty recently. He looked all right. It's been a mixed bag in swing season, but if he can fix his irons, we've seen the putter come around at times. So right at the top of the nines, I think might be the strength of the entire range. Yeah, and Grio has been playing a lot this fall, yes. I mean, kind of more than I thought he would be playing. But basically in Argentina right now, so I, like how you got to go to Grio at at this price point. So my guy is Thomas Dietrich. This dude is a resort course king i think he lives in the bahamas I, i'm not even kidding i think he moved to the bahamas and he spends his home there so he's used to playing in these re resort conditions and the the stats show that he has performed well at these re resort courses he has multiple top five finishes top 10 finishes so i love my guy tommy Dietz at 9600 i bet him this week and i am just a a forever tommy Dietz truther i just gotta go with him uh you like him or not really so he's someone, uh, you know, I, I do have some of these dudes. Uh, I, I like to watch and bet some European golf. So he's someone I had seen kind of before. And I always wondered, you know, will he translate on the PGA Tour? And I thought he's done a really, really good job. And it's not just, you, you just said this, 
His splits all geared to this. He, Bermuda, Corrales, Swing Season, Sanderson Farms. Those are some of his best finishes on tour. A lot of those things really kind of segue right to this course. So I get it. I absolutely do. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a definitely a slut for Thomas Dietrich <laughs> at an event like this. Um, let's move down this nine K range a little bit. Talk about JJ Spawn, Adam Svensson, Akshay is gonna be the chalk of the week as he usually is. Chris Kirk hasn't played this week, but I I don't hate him here. And then Luke List obviously won. Is there a guy here in this range that you think could be a decent pivot or just an overall solid play? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think with swing season, the mentality, it's a, a little more of like a herd mentality because we don't have as many data points. So if you have like one or two uh, good finishes or even have played, you're, you're on people's minds. It's like, oh, I, I just saw Luke List. Like, let me play him. Who is thinking... Let me play Chris Kerr. He he hasn't been doing anything. We don't know. Right. And I do think you have to embrace some of that and say he might not have it. But what if he does? What if he's fine? What if he's in form? Uh, you're getting such a discount in leverage. You you mentioned Bati is going to be popular. Uh, so I, I think that in some ways you have to say, I'm going to mix it up here and I'm willing to roll the dice with a guy like Kirk. If you are wondering what Chris Kirk has been doing, go to his Instagram. He has been playing golf left-handed with a set that his manufacturer sent him just because. And he is right over my right shoulder. You can't see. There he is. Chris Kirk, Honda Classic winner. Um, let me talk a quick second about prize picks real quick. You, oh, hold on. I got to open my gate. I got a gate call. Weird. Okay. Prize picks. Select two or more legs and you could win money. It's the most fun I've had outside of DFS and betting in a long time. Uh, you want, basketball season is here. You can do cross sport parlays. I, I don't want to call them parlays. They're more like pickums parlays, cross them with football, NBA, college basketball, whatever you want. College football's on there as well. I know you're into prize picks. Great fun. SGPN will get you a nice discount. Let's move down the board a bit. We talked about this 9K range. We're grouping this 8K range as a whole because it's a bit of a smaller range. Justin Suh, he is coming into form down to Taylor Pendrith. We've got some other names that are good. This is going to be a fun range, I, I would think. Chris Goddard, my guy. Who, who are you like in this range? Yeah, this is, a, I think you could see a dark horse winner from this range. You've got a lot of yep. volatile players. You mentioned Goddard up. Davis Thompson is in this range. Pendrith just had a really good showing. But I do think we or at least I'm starting right at the top, Justin Sue, uh, he's on everybody's short list of a guy that he gets a win during swing season. You wouldn't be shocked. We know the talent is there starting to get it going. I think he makes a nice second man into some lineups, particularly if you go balance. So I have no problem with some of these aggressive plays in the Goddard up Thompson range, but Justin Sue checks a lot of boxes this week. Yeah, I had, I had him at the Zozo I had a hundred one ticket on him. 54 hole leader. I was, up late at night, all for literally, literally nothing. Didn't even catch me in each way. So that was a mess. But I think I got to go back to him as well. He's hitting his irons just kind of the best he has in his career. That's kind of been his bad part of his game. He's had an exceptional short game his whole career. And we know the guy is a winner. We know the guy is a stud. He's a former number one am. He's a, just a stud at, in college. I think his time is coming soon. Have you noticed Keith Mitchell's awful false swing. Like he's playing the worst I've ever seen him play. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's bad. So I noticed certainly at, uh, I mean, Sanderson farms for a little while. Cause he wasn't on the course too long. It was just, you know, I never know what to make when the, the stats are so much of an outlier. Ironically at times I'm willing to throw that out maybe quicker. Cause I'm just like, all right, he just did not have it, but he's, it is kind of a little prolonged stretch. And, and he is someone 
we know that you know when he can outscore his placement points so easily with the way he plays he destroys the par fives he has actually contended i always think counterintuitively at some of these more like technical layouts even though he's a yeah. crazy man uh god he scares me a lot i don't know if i can do it just because the opportunity cost in this range but you know we know keith mitchell can contend anywhere we've seen it time and time again so matt kudra 8700 i never i will never play matt kudra but i don't hate this here because when he gets like trendy, we see him in the mid to upper eights, at least even in this point of his career. And he's played some golf recently. He played over in Spain. He played well at the in Napa, I believe it was. And now like he's at a very fair price point. We know what his ceiling and floor is. Like he could be a different, definite good play at eighty seven hundred dollars. But I'm not really a Kucher guy. Do you are you a Kucher guy? Not really. I, I do. I will say uh, I do think he's kind of morphed into this part of his career where it doesn't mean he's unplayable. It's just he's probably not playable across the board at every type of layout. There's going to be courses that basically box him out. And I'm not sure this is one of them. But at the same time, I'd be like, I never get him right. Uh, and again, there's just so many names in this condensed area that he's probably on the outside looking in for me. Let me let me do a quick Chris Goddard conversation because okay. I had him I had him on the podcast last week and he talked about how he hasn't played much competitive golf of late. I asked him where he was going to start his season and he said Sony. He was going to start at Sony and then apparently this past week he got the call. He's, he's now he's a sponsor into this field, so he hasn't been playing much competitive golf. This is a golf course that hey it could lend to the bombers and we know that's what he is, but he did say he played the hardest golf course of his life two weekends ago with Jim Ursay in Indianapolis. He said it was like a 7,700 yard golf course that had a 700 yard par five. And he said, he's never seen anything like okay. it. Don't know, don't know how to quantify that, but I think this golf course could suit Goddard up well. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, when guys kind of give you uh, an indication that maybe they're not in form or things like that, I think it certainly speaks to their floor being impacted, but I don't think it really affects his win equity his ceiling if he gets it going. So yeah, am I more worried that he might just not have it and miss the cut? Absolutely. But if you told me I'm playing Goddard or betting Goddard up in a top five or an outright or something, I get it because I still think his A game is there. It's just probably a little less likely that he has it. That's perfect analogy. And we saw that exact same thing from Matt Fitz at the uh, Masters followed by the yep. Heritage. He talked about how he felt like shit and he had a great Masters then won the next week. So I like that you pointed that out. That could definitely be a sneaky pick. I don't know if he's going to be sneaky because people love to play old Chris Goddard up. They do. Um, Taylor Pendrith, thoughts on him? Because like we said, I think this could be a good golf course for him. This is definitely a good spot for him. I do think uh, it's always a, a blessing and a curse. We just saw it at Shriners. That's going to con consolidate some ownership, but we did see it. So you feel pretty good about the game. He gained across the board there. I think it's a perfect setup. The price is right. Uh, probably one of my core plays this week. Yeah, we skipped over him, but my favorite play in this range is going to be Davis Thompson. Davis Thompson is hitting the ball as good as he ever has hit on the PGA Tour. T T22, T30, T16, T35 in his last four starts. And he's a guy who has contended once before. He's a guy who is, was a young stud and has a high ceiling. I think he is, if he wins in the fall, no one would really be that surprised. I, he was one of the first guys I bet this week. I don't know if he's going to garner. I don't think he'll garner a decent amount of ownership. I'm going to go with Davis Thompson as my my 
guy in this 8K range. Super, again, a super upside type guy. The thing that I, I was pretty intrigued, he's playing really good golf and he hasn't putted at all. Um, so yeah. you're almost saying, okay, what happens if this guy just either finds it, likes the surface, anything like that? There's even more upside. If he doesn't, he's still giving you pretty quality results. Uh, so it, it's hard to say uh, anything about his game that's not really trending upward right now. Totally agree with you. Okay, let me talk to you quickly about Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season. This, it's NFL season right now with Hall of Fame bets. The sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, game lines, research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter a parlay into the HOF bets database and it will optimize the parlay tool. Rates get broken down by leg. Very cool tool. Use code SGPN, 50% off your first, your first month. Smarter bettors are using it hofbets.com. Okay, let's go down a range to the, this is a fairly big range, so we'll, we'll split this into two and we won't, we're not going to touch on most, we're not going to touch on a lot of these guys, but this upper 7K range, Ben Griffin, I don't, I'm still not over the Sanderson Farms, down to Maverick McNeely. If you haven't seen the Maverick McNeely podcast on PJ Tour YouTube, watch it after this. So this range, who, do you, who are your guys here? Yeah, here we go. Now it gets very crowded in the mid-range. I, I think you do a couple of different things. You kind of decipher where we at with form. But to me, I like to just bet blindly on talent. When we get into these ranges, Doug Kim uh, every week with him. Uh, no matter what. Yeah, you know how it goes. You've got Sam Ryder, another guy that's getting in some reps. Uh, certainly fits the mold of someone that he's got a lot of pieces to the game and off the tee probably is the missing piece. I think he profiles really well here. So those two names stuck out, you know, in that 75 to 8K kind of range. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It looks like Cam Champ's going to be a bit trendy this week at 7,800. Has just been playing good golf, almost won in Mexico. Uh, what was that, two years ago? And he's just, but he's just a guy that I, I am like one of, the, he's one of my least favorite golfers on tour. I just cannot stand watching him on the shot tracer have that 150 and 170 into a par five and he'll make a five. So I am I'm not about cam champ Davis Riley. Interesting. Not really playing good golf, but his betting odds really don't reflect the guys he's around here. He's a bit higher in the betting market. Could be a, a sharp play there in the DFS circle. You mentioned Sam Ryder has been playing a lot, playing decent golf. Last two weeks weren't that great. Now I like Callum Terran a lot. He's been hitting the ball really well. He can, bomb the hell out of it just cooperate for a round and a half Cal Callum and we will have a great play are you into Callum at all because I just think he has a very high ceiling yeah I mean I, I've been uh taking my shots with him in DFSN in the hour market for quite a while now and it's it's yep. there I know it's in there I just don't know if we'll get 72 holes uh at times you know the putter goes that this goes this it's a whack-a-mole situation but in fields like this I worry less about that because Again, you know, he's your third or fourth man in. You make the cut, you start racking up birdies, and we call it a week. Yeah, the, the last event, or two events ago, obviously Zozo was last week. What was the event before that? Shriners or whatever? Yeah. I bet him at, at, and the first round, I kid you not, he missed like eight putts inside six feet, and then the next day, he went absolutely scorched earth, shot like a 29 going out. So it, like you said, it's in there. Just got to come out, but I do think... Callum is more of a difficult conditions guy. Not sure we're going to get that here, but at 7,500 or 7,600 in a field like this, I think he's a great call. 
scroll down a little bit. So Mike Kim down to down. Wow, big range. Yeah, down a lot of guys here. Party Marty. Yeah, a lot of guys here. So we'll we'll start over around the seven three to seven five guys. Let's see. Joel Damon withdrew. Nick Hardy, I think, has got a high ceiling. EVR, I think he's gonna be chalky. Thoughts on EVR? Yeah, I mean Chalky EVR, I can tell you from experience that legitimately <laughs> never ends well. Now, I, I say that and then I'll be clicking his name. He is starting to find it. This is another guy that I get in trouble because I've seen it in Europe. This is this guy's won against Fields a hell of a lot better than this in Europe yeah. in the past. The South African knows what he's doing. He lost it for a while. I think he's found it. You've got him, Brandon Wu. I think those are the names that suck out to me, but it, you could go a lot of different directions in this lower sevens. Yeah, whatever happened to EVR over the mid, mid, middle of the last season was very insane. It was kind of just came out of nowhere. He forgot how to hit the golf ball. But like you said, it does look like he's rounding back into form. has been playing decent golf of late. So it's going to be chalky. I don't know if he's the best DFS play, and this isn't a betting show, but I'd probably suggest him in other markets than DFS because he can flame out super quick. When you wake up morning, he's three over through four, and you're like, what, did it, what the hell, Eric Van Roren? You mentioned Brandon Wu, um, a guy who is not in the best of form, but he's a guy that you're banking on his ceiling. And we've seen it before in Mexico, honestly. So like I think these guys who are just have shown the young potential, the young stud, they'll come out of nowhere and they will cash you greatly. So I, like you said, I think he's a great, a great call at 7,300. You have to embrace a little of that. You know, I think it's, it's just all a balance. If you take six guys like that, you're not going to get them through the cut. But if you take none like that, you probably don't have the path. 110%. You definitely got to mix and match. But he is one of those. You can, If you want to take that chalky guy, pair him with one of those uh, young studs like Brandon Wu. Uh, maybe if you want to start with uh, Justin Sarr or something like that, uh, Davis Thompson, those, Davis Riley, those young studs, they have the path. But don't play them all together. Uh, let's go down to... T Dunks. T Dunks is a guy who likes ha- likes it on these uh, coastal tracks. What what are your overwhelming thoughts on T Dunks? Because I like him this week. Yeah, I'm always just a fan of him. He he's someone that uh, I, I like because I, I just think he can get it done in various ways. Like he had an ice cold putter at times. Then he was putting the lights out. He's not a prolific really anything, but he can do it in a lot of different ways. And we've seen that lately. He's starting to get it together. Uh, winner at RSM back in the day. Another Corrales split. If you really want to comp this to a horse like that, he's got that top five there. So I can I can always get down with a little T dunks. Yeah, the last time we saw T dunks on a coastal track was at the Corrales last year, and he did it without a driver head. His driver flew off mid round. So there is actually <laughs> literally so many paths for T dunks to perform this week. At his price point, I think he's a guy who provides a decent ceiling. Um, and he's a bit longer than you, you would think. He rates out when I think Tyler Duncan, I think like short and accurate, but stats kind of he's a little bit longer than you would think. So I'm saying, um, Matthias Schmidt at 7200 has been playing almost one in Europe last week or two weeks ago. He was the 54 hole leader, and he had a chance. He needed the birdie 18, and he hard to lose to Adrian Moronk. It I forget exactly. What, I think that was the Andalusia Masters actually. So. I like his ceiling. He's a young guy. He played college golf in the States and he's coming into form. Maybe more of a showdown guy. You know anything about him or is he ever in your lineups? So what I, what I, the little I do know about him, he's an aggressive driver of the ball and he's someone that, again, if you can, you mentioned showdown, I think that's an excellent, like 
an 18 hole, uh, you know, sample size might suit him a little more, but if you get someone like that through and he gets 16 par fives over the court, like that's damage that he can really cause. So, uh, this guy, you know, he reminds me of Higo a little bit who we saw come out and do some obviously big things on tour. Yeah, I totally agree. And he's been playing a lot of golf and I think that's a big factor. I'm lean on guys who have been playing. More. That's the reason I'm kind of fading the top. And I was, I know this is not a betting show, but I was debating, do I just bet Cam Young and three guys and like, but I'm like, Cam Young hasn't played. I'm just going to bet guys who have played and we'll go from there. And I think that translates to DFS as well. So uh, let's talk about this upper 6K range and then we'll, then we'll be done. Well, because this bottom is pretty ugly. All right, upper 6K range. We start with Robbie Shells, old Bob Shells, Stu Sanks in there, Team Samo, Zachy B. Anyone up here that, that you like? Yeah, I mean, obviously here, you know, it's I'm going to have to round out a lineup that I really like with, with someone. So I think you have to kind of it's a little dealer's choice. I will give a shout out to uh, a couple guys that I've played a little bit. Marty do um, who I think at times has shown that he can contend on tour. He gained across the board at Sanderson Farms, which I like. And then I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Kelly Craft, who is a name that's come up when we've done some shows over at Stochastic. I've had a couple people mention him to me and I. In past weeks, Kelly Craft is playing some decent golf in swing season. Yeah, whatever he found with his irons, I need yeah. to like. T- I need to talk to him because, that, <laughs> like, where did that come from? That was legitimately out of nowhere, and he is just striping the ball. Now, I mean, what is his ceiling? It, he's sixty eight hundred dollars. I think it's fair. Truly, what is his ceiling? If his ceiling is a T twelve, does that does that probably does you well? Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to be part of the Kelly craft thing. Cause he's a guy that I don't want to get the slightest bit chalky guy. Like yeah. if he's random guy and he's the slightest bit chalky, I just don't want to be a part of it. So, I mean, the numbers are the numbers he's hitting the ball well, but it could crumble down quicker than ever. Are you going to do it? You know, so chalk in the lower, lower ranges, I think is a lot more dangerous because everybody's made cut equity is lower. So your reward of pivoting is higher. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to try to avoid that at times. If I've already leveraged, I'll say this. If I've done something really aggressive up top and I say, okay, all I care about is I want my guy in the lower lower range to just make this cut. I think Kelly Craft's a good option for that. But more often than not, I would rather roll the dice with a, anyone next to him. Uh, it doesn't really matter who it is. Yeah, I 100% agree. And even if they're not playing the in the, any form, they can pop just as easily as he could pop. Um, I, I, you mentioned Marty Dow and I want to bring up that clip that you posted a few weeks ago when you bet a matchup with someone you're doing a podcast with like Marty Dow versus someone in a tournament oh, match. Yeah. Is that correct? And like, they were like both like one, two. Yeah. Him and Norlander. That was outrageous. <laughs> I was just like, wait, we did that as a, a complete joke. And then, yeah, they were like one, two duking it out. Uh, Norlander actually almost won that tournament. That was, I think list ended up winning. I, I I saw that and I started laughing and I could like I could only remember it because whenever I don't bet matchups ever I just never had success with them in golf but whenever I did it would always be like if I had a guy shoot seven under they'd oh yeah the, his opponent would somehow shoot six under and like I'm like how are these books so damn sharp so I just thought that was hilarious and I had to note that and I did a podcast with Kirshner for the Open and we did a tournament matchup Harmon versus Day and they finished <laughs> one two yep so. Same idea. All right. So that about wraps it up. We're going to just mention a few guys in this bottom half. Just if you have to put them in your lineup, I'll go with two. You can go with two. 
I'll do the Preston Summerhays thing. $6,400, stud from Arizona State. He performed well at St. Andrews, which is a driver-heavy golf course, and he performed well in his previous, previous PGA Tour start. I think it's he has a ceiling. We The last guy to win as a amateur was Phil Mickelson, same college, so let's do that. And then Nico Echeverria, the last time he won was on a course like this, and it was off a million missed cuts. He's just missed a million cuts, and he gained 17 strokes out of nowhere when he won that golf tournament, so I'm doing it if I need to. So you got any guys down here? Yeah, I mean, for I will say, you know, br- blindly betting on the unknown with Summer Hayes, I think, is probably the sharpest thing that you can do because there's just a chance that he's amazing and he'll never be in this range again. We don't know. Uh, I I think we do know uh, that my man Doc Redman isn't super amazing right now, but I have seen him be a volatile player. The putter has really let him down at times. You have him. You've got a guy like Cam Percy, who uh, again, he's not the longest hitter in the world, but at times the irons have carried him. I think that's a, about as low as you can go, though. I'm not sure I found anyone in like at like flat six that I, I was too interested in. Yeah, and I don't think you even need to get there. So we don't have Lexi Thompson in this field to be a hammer play. So we're <laughs> not going to do that. All right, before we get out of here, let's go through and just build a lineup together, guys. We kind of both agreed on. Do we want to go up into this 10K range or do you want to get down here and fade that top? Sir, you, you lead us off. You let me know how, right. we, how we're going to how we're going to start it. And then we'll we'll go. We'll go. I'll start down here. I can do the I can do the hostler thing. You mentioned hostler. I bet him a few weeks ago. He's let's do it. Hostler. Then you'll go. OK, I'll, I'll okay, actually uh, I'll go a little. I, I call this hybrid balanced. I'll put your man Detri in there. We have a double up at not, you know, if we fade the top range, we have two studs that can carry us and we still have plenty of money left. So how often would you start a lineup like this or just depending on the week? Uh, Pretty often, particularly when win equity, I think is less condensed at the top. Like we don't have Rom and those guys here. Yes, these are good players at the top, but they're not to me the same caliber. I think win equity is way more dispersed in a week like this. Okay, so we have $7,600 to work with. That gives us some room. I'm going to go. I said he's my guy. We're going to go with Davis Thompson. 74. Your turn. Yeah, uh, I, I think we've already done some interesting things. So omitting the 10K North, I'm going to go with Pendrith. I know it'll be popular, but I think it's warranted. No, yeah. And I think he has a, a very high floor in this field. We still have a decent amount of work with $7,100. Let's see what we got in this range. I don't want to leave you with nothing. So I'll, <laughs> I'll go down. I'll go down. We got to do Schmidt. We talked about him. I think he's a great, he's been playing a lot. We can avoid the 6K range as a whole if we want to. So what do we got here? Yeah, I mean, we can, we can definitely avoid it if we need to. I'm going to go. I'm just going to take a shot with my, my my man, Marty. Give me Marty. We'll leave a couple hundred on the table. Look at that beautiful, oh, Nor- beautiful line. Norlander is in the field. You might be Dear God. Off. Yeah, we can't. That That's a sign. I don't know if it's a good sign or a bad sign, but it's a sign. Sweet. Well, all right, Ben Raza. Thank you for joining me for this show. You guys know where to find Ben, obviously, at DFS. That was a pretty smooth show, and we will be back. Follow him. He's got plenty of content, college football, college basketball around the corner, DFS. Thanks again. See you guys soon. Peace out.